0: Sometimes. Welcome to Subtle Beast, everybody. I am your host, Foltz. With me, as always, my main man, Mr. Steve Apostolopoulos. What's happening, brother? Oh, it's all happening, man. It's all going down today, Foltz. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, The show that we have today is a a little bit of a mind bender. It's going to require quite a bit of uh, thinking and maybe even imagination, if you will. Um, We're going to be taking you through like 10 different theories about the universe and what are the possibilities? What are the different theories out there? Are we just this big blue ball floating around in complete emptiness and absolute freezing temperature? Or is there more to it? Is there more theories out there on complete expansion on who are we, what are we, and what is the universe exactly? So uh, I'm just gonna jump right in. Um, so why is, The universe the way that it is over the years scientists have explored many ideas to explain our cosmos and its future and here are some of the strangest ideas from a brain world scenario that involves the universe floating in a higher dimensional space on its way to the big splat that describes such a brain colliding with another to form an entirely new universe now what is a brain world It's an aspect of the universe we take for granted is that it's an aspect we take for granted is three-dimensional. There are three perpendicular directions you can move in. Some theories, however, suggest another spatial dimension, which we can't perceive directly in another perpendicular direction. This high-dimensional space is referred to as the bulk, while our universe is three-dimensional membrane or brain for brain world floating inside of the bulk. Now, as complicated as it sounds, the brain world picture solves several problems in physics. For example, theoretical physicists Lisa Randall of Harvard University and Raman Sundrum of the University of Maryland proposed a version of brain world that explains an asymmetry in some atomic forces by suggesting the existence of other brains parallel to our own. But it's not enough for a theory to explain facts we already know. It has to make new predictions that can be tested experimentally. In the case of the Randall Sundrum model, sus- such tests could involve measuring gravitational waves emitted by black holes, linking one brain to another. So, yeah, go ahead, Steve.
1: I saw a YouTube video where they filled some guy's car with Orbies, which are just these little balls. I don't, you familiar yeah, with yeah, them? Yeah, if
0: you put them in water, they expand.
1: Yes, yeah, so. I'm thinking that is kind of similar to what we're talking about here. So a membrane around a circular galaxy, but multiple galaxies and kind of all stuck in a jar or a car or some type of confined space. And then the air around it would be the bulk. Right. And then each little membrane inside of there would be another Orby
0: right so it's just like and it's expansive and they can all almost work together which we were talking about in pre-show almost like a hive mind so if you look at like a brain like an actual brain outside of membrane and you see the different synapses and and cells that are firing they're all like independent little bubbles of world so it's almost what they're explaining here yes like a little bubble world yeah so the big splat now in the near future Galaxies will eventually drift so, par- so far apart that light <clears throat> from one can never reach another. In fact, as stars get old and die, a time will come when there's no light or heat left. The universe will be dark, cold, empty void. It sounds like the end of everything. But according to one theory, it's actually the beginning of the next universe, an endlessly repeating cycle. Remember the brain world theory. This is what happens when one cold, empty brain collides with another which given enough time it's bound to do eventually now cosmologists Neil Turk and Paul Steinhardt believe such a collision would generate enough energy to create a whole new universe they call this the acry- acryctic theory though physicist Michio Kako has more <coughs> ethically dubbed it the big splat so to try and explain that in like better terms on on a smaller scale and not universes or worlds colliding, um, think about it like there was a theory that Mars bounced into planet Earth, creating the moon. Now, that's only on a small scale because I guess what they're talking about here is you know complete expansion, and then that would be more and more. But
1: right, yeah, big sp- the splat theory basically is saying that's how the moon came to be. Um, the Earth. Uh, Mars collided with the Earth to create the moon, and they're saying that that could occur and on a, uni- on a universal size and create new universes. But we were talking a little bit about if Mars collided with the Earth right. to make the moon, and you didn't think that's what happened.
0: I don't think that's happened, and if you're familiar with our podcast... Um my belief is and always will unless further proof is provided that it's basically an artificial satellite it is i don't want to say man-made but it was created by uh more intelligent species um throughout history there's been times of uh, ancient people talking about a time before there was a moon and that the moon was actually towed in and uh you know, different theories on, on, on the depths of the on the depths of the craters. They, they they all don't exceed a certain depth. And why would that be? Well maybe the inside is uh is penetrated or is a uh, solidified with something that it can't go past that depth. Um our own astronauts are on, on record, on recording stating the, the menacing things, the menacing vehicles that they've seen on the moon. Now does that mean that it's necessarily a space station? <clears throat> no. But there's things going on there that we're not being made aware about. So who knows right
1: i mean we as humans always think space station oh a space station you know it's got to have life support systems and a bunch of electricity and it has to have gizmos and computers and it's got to have all these that's not really how the universe works you usually and with other like uh species the universe works in a much more harmonious way where they use like caves as dwellings instead of creating this mansion and putting all this effort into a place and calling it your own. That's not how other things work. Things work like naturally. So if you need a place to have cover over your head, you just walk into a cave. Is it yours? No, it's the cave. The cave is the cave. Same thing with like the moon, the moon. If you needed a a satellite to go around the earth, or if you needed a, a place to stop or launch a, uh, Maybe an interstellar spaceship from. You could use the moon as a natural way to have a place that's just around the Earth, but is not the Earth. So,
0: and to and to be able to observe, because if the, if the moon was towed in by a more advanced civilization, maybe that was more or less like a military op for them. The Earth is a, uh, is an experiment, and the people that are uh, working the satellite of the moon, they were deployed there. Your job is to monitor and make sure that these people don't kill each other and blow up this w- world that they think belongs to them, but clearly doesn't.
1: And there's not a bunch of uh, atmosphere up there. There's not a bunch of gases and stuff, but there is uh, gravity. gravity One-third
0: one the Earth's gravity, and but they say... <clears throat> Different people have come forward saying, um, different insiders and stuff, that when you get down to low enough on the Earth, because if you look at the Earth in 4K, you can see green and you can see blue, and they're saying that the blue is representing a small level of oxygen on the moon. So on some surface, low enough, maybe in a crater, there's breathable oxygen. That's what's said.
1: Right. So if we could create an atmosphere, a small atmosphere for the moon, we could have breathable oxygen up there.
0: Sure. It's not too far off. No, it's not. Now, this next one, we're going to let Steve try and explain the plasma-filled cosmos. Right. So, the Big Bang remains the preferred theory of many
1: scientists, supported by two key observations, the expansion of the universe and the cosmic microwave background, or the CMB, which we've discussed previously. Immediately after the Big Bang, the universe was much smaller and hotter, filled with glowing plasma like the sun. We still see the end of this super hot phase in the form of a sea of radiation filling the whole of the space. The expansion of the universe over the intervening billions of years has cooled the radiation down to minus 454 degrees Fahrenheit or minus 270 degrees Celsius, but it is still detectable by radio telescopes. The CMB looks virtually the same in every direction, which can't be explained if the universe has always expanded at its current rate. Many scientists believe it went through a brief period of extremely rapid inflation a fraction of a second after the Big Bang, suddenly ballooning in size from a subatomic scale to several
0: light years. Which is incredible, to say the least. Um I mean, not only has it – so if you're looking at – if you're looking through um, uh, a radio telescope and, and the telescope is showing you a galaxy and you see all these beautiful, like, blue and green and pink colors, that's all radiation. That's what that's picking up because you don't really see that if you were traveling through there. Um, but the radio telescope is picking it up. But me and Steve were talking about, too, <coughs> how baffling – the sudden the the suddenly ballooning in size so imagine from a subatomic scale to several light years in expansion the best analogy that i could come up with when we were talking about it was you go from being a grain of sand to all the water on the earth all the oceans on the earth in a fraction of a second that's how big you expand right and that's and it's
1: That, you know, exponentially larger. So the only way I could really wrap my head around it is if there was... um, They say, you know, time is made up like the cloth of time. So you're on one side of the cloth of time, maybe in in one dimension, and you're about to go through uh, the cloth, but there's no way to get through it. So there's a tiny pinprick that it allows you... To go from one dimension, tiny pinprick, into another one. And that little sand molecule, that subatomic little hole in the universe, allows you to shoot through there into this amazingly ever-expanding new universe that you can't even fathom the largeness of. That's the only thing I can think of that would make something that could be so small and subatomic into something that's so large. It doesn't make any physical sense.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, almost the same could be said for um, traveling through a black hole. I mean, no one knows, everyone knows that the gravity is immense and that the theory is that it would crush you, but we've talked about white holes on this show, which are the complete opposite, Nothing, or nothing can stay in them. Everything is expelled. So who's to say that you go through a black hole, you're not expelled through a white hole into a universe that, like you just said, you can't even comprehend its immense in size, making the Earth and our stars look like dwarves. And the physics is completely different, um, especially, like you were saying, if it was dealing in the fourth dimension. Time would just would be represented in the fourth dimension as almost something that could be observed and looked back upon, looked through
1: yes there is a great amount of density and gravity that go along with the black hole so you don't understand nobody understands what exactly happens it seems like everything would get crushed maybe that's not the way it is maybe everything just becomes miniaturized back into these subatomic particles you don't know what happens when you go through a black hole
0: yeah and will we ever know probably not because it's like we were talking about even if you were outside of the realm of the uh, of the black hole, and you were just um, you were just circling it, and somebody on your crew decided, okay, I'm going to take a ship in there, and they detach like they did in Interstellar to go into the black hole. All you would ever see is that craft detach, and it would hover there. It would what would seem to hover there for you for over 1,500 years before you couldn't see it anymore. Versus that ship has been either destroyed. 1500 years ago, like in a split second or traveled somewhere else, but you never saw that disappear in your lifetime in 1500 years. It wouldn't move for your eyesight. I
1: got two things on
0: black holes. First of all,
1: we were theoretically, um, we were theorizing about black holes up until the time when the Hubble space telescope was able to observe them. And then we were as man humanity as a whole able to observe black holes. Secondly, uh, we just reported on the James Webb Space Telescope, which is the newest and freshest uh, telescope into space. This week, it was hit by a larger piece of debris than they thought would ever hit the, uh, in, in its trajectory, the, the path that it's taking. There wasn't supposed to be anything that was ever going to hit it. And there it is. First year that it's up there, uh, one of the uh, octagonal uh, mirrors was hit. And it was all systems go afterwards, but still it was um, enough to make the image fuzzy. So they're going to have to do some calculations and recalibrate it again to make the images perfect like they were in the very beginning. If they
0: can, with without with those missing parts.
1: Well, yeah, it's just kind of like, because it was that cloth, it, it just went right through the cloth. Oh, uh, like the
0: solar, the solar uh, yep.
1: sail. Yep, the solar sail cloths. So, yeah, it already got hit by something, and they're going to make some adjustments on it already. But that thing is allowing us to see way further. Like back to the
0: creation of time. Yeah, so when
1: we're talking about Big Bang, it's showing you up until milliseconds after the Big Bang.
0: Mm. Let's keep going with this list because it doesn't get any uh, easier to explain as these go along. The next one is the holographic universe. Think of a security hologram. This is basically a two-dimensional object encoding a full three-dimensional image. According to this theory, the whole three-dimensional universe may be encoded on its two-dimensional boundary. It may not sound as exciting as living inside a simulation, but it has the advantage that it's scientifically testable theory. Research in 2017 from the University of Southampton in the UK showed it was consistent with the observed pattern of CMB fluctuations. So there, this theory is that the universe is just basically a projection, right? I got a couple questions on holographs, not not
1: not really the holographic universe, but do you remember when they did the Michael Jackson holograph?
0: Right, and they also doing like Tupac. Too. Tupac, right. So they did Michael Jackson. Tupac. Why don't they do that anymore? I don't know. I don't know how what it would entail, or but I mean. Unless they're holding it for the big show of Project Bluebeam, you never know, because that stuff's even better than those holograms. Yeah, that would be really cool. And also,
1: why why can't your phone do a hologram? Like, why couldn't your phone just kind of, like, beam up the light so that there's, like, a little space above it that has a holograph on it?
0: I don't know. Maybe uh, You would think, because of out of all the science fiction we've seen, uh, that it should be time for that. Right. It seems like it's hologram time. And I
1: don't know a lot about holograms or why they're not able to be projected onto nothing i guess there needs to be some type of screen or little like electromagnetic bubble right there that it would project onto or something but it seems like it's holograph time
0: well hopefully we can have that kind of uh technology soon because when i think about technology like that you know you think of if if you're familiar with the old um, cartoon series the jetsons i mean they had flat television screens they had all kinds of different futuristic stuff and one thing that I learned recently was that the year 2022 is the year that George Jetson was born. So then Ooh. he goes. So I guess it would be like 40 years, and from then is when the Jetsons took place. So yeah. So he was just born. So the best is yet to come in the future. Flying, flying cars, everything that we've been promised.
1: Well, bro, I, I did read an article, and I don't want to ruin any future shows here, but so they they found these time crystals, right? and they are like regular crystals but they are at their baseline energetic level the entire time they're grown and they can link two of them together they just found out how to link two time crystals together and the article said the reason why this is important is because it's going to take quantum computing to a whole new level everybody knows crystals are at the basis of a lot of the computing power that we have they're inside every pentium chip or any chip that runs anything a car any any microchip at all your toaster your refrigerator um, your computer so now they're doing these quantum computers and they found these time crystals that they can link together which is going to take computing into a whole new level if we can do that then we can have these new theories that we don't even know about yet as far as the universe is concerned
0: right Well, they were saying that upon completing this type of technology and using the big quantum uh, computers that what they'll be able to end up doing which if they're saying they're going to be end up doing the They've probably already been doing it. Is that when the, when a question is programmed into the quantum computer, it doesn't just look in, in in our world for the answer. They're saying that it's going to, and we'll talk about this shortly because it's on it's it's one in our category today. Uh, a different multiverse. It couldn't find the information in our universe per se. So that goes out into okay. I'm going to go out. I'm going to find the other answer in a, in a multiverse or a similar version of of the Earth, or this universe, to find the answer, which is crazy. It is very crazy.
1: If the computer is that strong that it can reach through the fabric of time and space. Right, into
0: other dimensions. Okay, what do we got next? The steady state universe. Now the Big Bang is our best guess on how the universe started. Now that's according to NASA. It was denser in the past and will become less dense in the future. Not all scientists were happy with that. So they came up with a way for the density to remain constant, even in an expanding universe. That resolution involves the continuous creation of matter at the rate of about three hydrogen atoms per cubic meter per million years. This model fell out of favor with the discovery of the CMB, which the model can't easily explain. So there's some calculations for you.
1: I, I hate it. This is my least favorite one. I, I don't think that there's somewhere where they're just steady pumping out matter. I don't believe in the styled state universe. It's my least favorite explanation of the universe that we're going over today. It could happen, but I mean, do you think that, like there's somewhere where it's just like creating new matter? I don't. I think that. The old law of matter cannot be created or destroyed holds true. I think it's a physics law that we should respect. And I think that the solid state...
0: You can't create nothing out of nothing. So if... Yeah, you can't create something out of nothing. I mean... Well, yeah, exactly. And the reverse. Nothing is nothing, so... Right. Like, I don't don't like the... You heard it here first, people. Steve doesn't like this one.
1: I mean, if we're going to hypothesize over theories, I'm not going to do the steady state.
0: Steady state, universe, you're out. (laughs) Steve, move on to maybe, which hopefully is one of your favorites.
1: It is. This one, the multiverse... I think we've probably spent a dozen hours talking about this on Subtle Beast. It is definitely Minimum. one of our favorites here. Uh, in the conventional view of the Big Bang, in order to explain the uniformity of the CMB, it's necessary to postulate an early spurt of superfast expansion known as inflation. Some scientists think that when our universe dropped out of its inflationary phase... It was just one tiny bubble in a vast sea of inflating space. In this theory called eternal inflation proposed by Paul Steinhardt, other bubble universes are constantly popping up in other parts of this inflationary sea, with the whole ensemble making up a multiverse. The theory gets even stranger, because there's no reason other universes should have the same laws of physics as ours. Some might have stronger gravity, or a different speed of light. Although we can't observe the other universes directly, one of them could conceivably compl- collide with our own. Scientists have even suggested the cold spot in the CMB is an imprint of such a collision.
0: I like it. I like it a lot. And I like to use the, um, if, you, if, if you want a visual, would be, um, you know, blowing, blowing bubbles. You, know, you dip that wand in, and you blow out bubbles. Some are the same size, some are bigger, some are distorted, some pop right away. Some
1: have different densities.
0: Yeah, and if you look at the multiverse in that way, it helps for us, at least for me and Steve, maybe it will for you too, the whole explanation of, uh, of the Mandela Effect, which we've done four shows on, and <clears throat> recommend you checking them out if you're unfamiliar. But if there's copies, of we'll just use earth for us if there's copies of earth that are right beside us or even right on top of us we just can't see them but they're shifting around like bubbles or or marbles and such and one of them happens to bounce into ours and merge in some way well then the mandela effect would be better explained because of the the slight differences you know bernstein bears versus bernstein bears and things of that nature um but the further down the line that you may go, because it, it's, it's, it's infinite. And uh, with infinite worlds, there's infinite possibilities. So you could have way down the line. I mean, it never ends, but we'll just say at the end of the line for this, <laughs> for sake of argument, that it's completely different. Time runs backwards there. Um, day is night, night is day. Uh, just complete differences. But along the way, there's just subtle differences. I like it. Well, yeah. you know what really strikes me is,
1: and this felt so right when you said it the first time, and I'm not going to take it away from you, your teacher, as a grade school student that said, there are a million of you making every choice that you choose in the opposite way. Yep. As, Third grade. As we go along and we're making our choices, there is a different us and a different planet and a different place in a different universe in a different scope that we don't even know about that's making the opposite decision. So you could be a hobo and no offense to hobos or homeless, but we aren't, we are not in that uh, socioeconomic uh, point of our lives. So (laughs) if we're not striving for it, (laughs) right? If, if I someday, if you're walking by me on the street and I ask you for a quarter, something went horribly wrong. Um, But it could be that the decisions I've made, uh which have led me here if i were to have made the other decisions could have led me somewhere else so it always is so baffling and so interesting to me it fills up a lot of my time when i'm thinking about things man these decisions that we're making are so important you know, the other way, these little shoot, offshoots that are our life, and what if we did make that? And some of them are probably really small. They really wouldn't change your life a lot. But some of the little ones that you really don't think about are the ones that change your life in a huge way. The
0: ripple effect. It is. I mean, it's almost like saying going back in time to the time of the dinosaurs and, and stepping on a butterfly. Now they refer to it as a butterfly effect. But now... You know the continent of Europe doesn't exist, just right? For, you know, or something crazy like that. It just changes everything. Or a disease comes out, and you're looking at you. You know, you flash from where we
1: are here now, where we had uh, COVID and we wore masks for a year or two, and now we don't do that anymore. But uh, you could flash into a place where full oxygen is needed to go outside, and you're like, why would you do that? And they're like, well, you know why? It's the sickness.
0: The 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 virus. Yep. And there would be two sides. People would be like, I'm not putting that on. And this, you know, it just, it's, it's endless. It's the
1: multiverse. Right. That's the thing. You could, you can go down that rabbit hole for a year and talk about it.
0: Yeah. Now, this next one, did we get gravity wrong? Theories of the universe depend on an accurate understanding of gravity. The only force in physics that affects matter on very large scales, but gravity alone can't explain certain astronomical observations. If we measured the speed of the stars on the outskirts of a galaxy, they're moving too fast to remain in orbit if the, if the only thing holding them back is the gravitational pull of the visible galaxy. Similarly, clusters of galaxies appear to be held together by a stronger force that can be accounted for by the gravity of visible matter. There are two possible solutions. The standard one, which is favored by most scientists, is the universe contains unseen dark matter, which provides the missing gravity. So you would have matter. So everything in the, in the universe typically has an opposite. So if you had a can of soda, there is matter representing that that you can't see, but it's right there. So that's dark matter. The Maverick alternative is that our theory of gravity is wrong and should be replaced by something called the Modified Newtonian Dynamics or MOND, M-O-N-D. Scientists proposed in 2002 in a journal, the Annual Review of Astronomy and Astrophysics the two options, mond and dark matter, are equally consistent with observations, but are yet to be proven. More experiments are needed. And dark matter is a very very complex uh topic because we don't know if uh if we're able to harness dark matter or prove dark matter if it's sustainable enough or if it's just going to create some huge explosion. So, uh, generally
1: speaking, I'm I'm uh I'm of the belief that we got gravity right. And I, the only reason is because you hold something out, you drop it, it falls. That's gravity. Newton's law. But when we start to talk about things like black hole where gravity's distorted, then all of a sudden the physics behind gravity aren't as 100% as I thought they were. Which means if it's going to distort around a black hole, where else is it distorting? Or how else is it distorting? Is it distorting at a percentage? Is gravity, like on the moon, one-third gravity on the moon, is gravity specific to its geographical location? Is gravity on Earth different than a gravity on uh, Mars or, or Jupiter or Saturn or any place in the universe? Is gravity specific? So gravity is what I thought used to be a constant now is becoming uh, dynamic and that kind of is
0: intriguing. So, well, cause we think that we understand everything in physics and we haven't even cracked, but I, there are physics. Well, the thing that bothers me is
1: that, the way that the planets interact that we can see in the sky we can predict with mathematics based upon physics we know that there's gravitational pool and we can calculate where a celestial body is going to be based on the gravitational pool of other celestial bodies around it so all of that with mathematics seems to me that gravity would be constant But it's just recently that when we found out that gravity around a black hole distorts, that it makes me feel like if it distorts there, now it's not constant to me. Like, it it could be... And
0: neither would time, then.
1: No. Time would be distorted, too. That one just blows me away, because that's the one thing. Time is linear for human beings, and if you start to mess with that, it's going to start to mess with our brains. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I mean... And there, and there is like the einstein's theory of relativity is right there i mean gravity and time distortion i mean as far as we know it's i mean it's it's accurate i mean around a black hole you could lose in a minute two minutes time 80 years back on earth
1: yeah and if that's the case then you lose you lose your relativeness
0: yeah so i mean i guess it would be best to say we know what gravity is. We can predict it. We know what it's capable of, but we haven't mastered it.
1: Right. So. Right. right.
0: All right. This next one, Steve, you want to take, take, take this awesome band name? <laughs> <laughs> I will.
1: Superfluid Space Time will be touring in August.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Even if space only has three dimensions, there's still a fourth dimension in the form of time. Boom so we can visualize the universe existing in four-dimensional space-time. According to some theories, like one proposed by Stefano Labarti of the International School for Advanced Studies and Luca Macione of Ludwig Maximilian University in the Physics Review Letters journal, this isn't just an abstract frame of reference containing physical objects like stars and galaxies, but a physical substance itself analogous to an ocean of water. Just as water is made up of countless molecules, space-time, according to this theory, is made up of microscopic particles on a deeper level of reality than our instruments can reach. The theory visualizes space-time as a superfluid having zero viscosity. An odd property of such fluids is that they can be made to rotate in a wholesale fashion like an ordinary liquid does when you stir it. They break up into tiny vortices, which in the case of superfluid space-time may be the seeds from which galaxies are formed.
0: You know what I like to think about when you th- with superfluid space-time, uh, just for uh, a visual, for me anyway, would be like if you had like a bowl of water and then you had like an eyedropper of like oil, like cooking oil or olive oil, and you drop it in there and you're gonna have these little individual superfluid fluid space times, but eventually as they move, they're gonna start to join into one another, bounce into one and create one big superfluid fluid space time module or universe if you will. Also what's cool about that is even if you had the uh,
1: water rotating and you drop that oil on top of it, the oil won't act the same way the water does. It's not just gonna go into that gravitational spin it could spin the other way because it's sitting up on top of it. It could st- sit still. Yeah. It's not going to act with the same properties as the water. And that's kind of what the super superfluid space time is. So in that where I said they can be made to rotate, what what it's saying is they can't be made to rotate in a wholesale fashion like ordinary liquid does. So what it, it does is it breaks up into tiny vortices on their own, like if you were to stir it, instead of all of the you know water going around in a circle like it normally does, this just breaks up where the stick goes and little tiny vortices go around it. And they're saying that if you did that on a large scale, that's how you
0: would make up each individual galaxy. That's crazy. <laughs> yes. I like it, though. It sure it's is. It's almost like a tornadoes of different galaxies spinning outside of a superfluid space-time space time Module molecule. (laughs) Steve, you're going to have to take this next one. I will, too, man. This one is the simulation theory. Uh,
1: So far, all the theories have come from scientists, but here's one from philosophers. If all the information about the universe comes into our brains via our senses and scientific instruments, who's to say it isn't all a cleverly designed illusion? The entire universe might be nothing but an ultra-sophisticated computer simulation. It's an idea that was popularized by the Matrix movies. But, as outlandish as the idea sounds, some philosophers take it seriously. However, it fails the test of true scientific theory because there's no way it could be proven
0: true or false.
1: I say false uh yeah I think so too
0: there's been a, there's been studies done by numerous um uh physicists Michio kaku I believe was in on the discussion at one time too where we mentioned earlier in the podcast that they these uh physicists and scientists were able to dig down to the uh, the uh, the the very makeup of our universe. And what they found was, was code in ones and zeros, which is binary code. Well, binary code would then mean that we're in some type of simulation. We're in some type of, of computer makeup. And then when Elon Musk was asked about it, he said that there's a one in a billion chance that we're not living in a simulation. And he went on to state, you know why he believes that is his. He says, "Look at the video games of today. They're becoming so much more real and real looking and more interacting." I mean, even you know some 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 news stations try and pass video games off as as actual footage of of, of wars and stuff. That's how real it looks. Now imagine a civil, civilization that's a million or a billion years more advanced than we are. Wouldn't our video games or wouldn't theirs be us? Now there was a – Where's my I had something written down, Steve. You wanted me to, to yeah, yeah. look
1: for that, and I'll say this. Okay. Uh, the strand of DNA, the strand of DNA is made up of either on or off binary code. Either it's a zero or a one. It's a switch that goes either on or off. However you want to call it binary code. That's what DNA, the basis of all life, Correct. is. And recently, they found out that if you opened a strand of DNA, inside of it is another smaller strand of DNA, which is also based off of the ones and zeros, the things that are turned on, the things that are turned off. So if you look at it from that perspective, and you think of writing a computer program, which is just zeros and ones exclusively, then you have large-scale binary code creating everything that we see. And if that's not a simulation, then what is
0: Well, if humans ever proved that we live in a simulation, it would make humans the artificial intelligence all along, becoming the moment AI becomes self-aware or the singularity. So we may be the singularity. So if we're stating that we believe, actually even like right now, now it says you have to be proven, but I mean, you know. Nobody can really prove too many theories. I mean, religion can't be proven, even though billions of people believe in it. But for, if we we're just saying that if, if we believe in it, then that would make us the AI. And now we're self-aware. So, yeah, we're this whole
1: time we're thinking computers and machines. But if you take it one step further and you think that there is a greater something uh, that is larger than us, that has created us then you think, well, maybe we are on the equal playing field as the computers or the machines. And if we were to figure that out and someday realize that, then we would know that we are the AI. And when we found that out and figured out that we were the AI, we would be conscious of ourselves being that AI, and that would be singularity. Correct. Which we've done a whole show on singularity, the effect uh of a computer becoming self-conscious so if we are that binary code and we are the computers and we are living in a simulation but we just don't know it yet the day that we do know it is going to be a very special day
0: agreed now the last one we have on our list is called a cosmic ego trip now the laws of physics involve a handful of fundamental constants that determine the strength of gravity electromagnetism and some atomic forces As far as we know, these numbers could have any possible value, but if they departed even slightly from the values they actually have, the universe would be a very different place. Most importantly for us, life as we know it, including, of course, ourselves, couldn't possibly exist. Some people see this as evidence that the universe was consciously designed in order for human life, like life, to evolve. The so-called self-centered anthropic theory proposed by Nick Bostrom in his book, Anthropic Biases... So basically, they're saying that uh, we couldn't that we couldn't exist if uh, if there was even a slight, variant difference. I guess within within our universe. Right. I mean, if you look at the sun, we can't exist if if this, if the sun wasn't ninety two million miles from Earth, the Goldilocks zone. Other than that, it's too cold or too hot.
1: And it and it's also fragile that the sun could have. A large explosion shooting flares out with radiation that's unseen before that's too much for the human body to withstand and within one day humanity could be wiped out.
0: Well, due to the rotation of the Earth and the Sun just recently within the last year or two, I think the um, our whole grid on Earth was spared by nine days because there was a huge solar flare that flew out into space. Thankfully, due to the rotation of the Sun and the Earth, it went the other way. Right. But they're saying i mean it's inevitable eventually we're going to get hit with a solar flare regardless of technology on earth it, it'll be we'll be taken back to the stone ages and it'll be radiation that's greater than
1: our atmosphere can protect us against
0: yeah definitely so i'd have to say out of the ones that we've covered today um i think the ones that subtle beast most resonate with are the multiverse and simulation because both can go hand in hand almost because you have your uh your multiverse, which if it's constantly creating another another version of it, like we'll, we'll say an Earth again, well, then that Earth would almost have to be, that's a simulation of that one. But then it starts creating another one. So it's a simulation within a multiverse going off and just creating almost like a computer program or AI learning for itself and just completely replicating and dealing with it. Now, you're going to have bugs in your code. You're going to have... Um, Different firewalls and things that are things that go wrong in your programming making the slight differences in your multiverse or in your simulation. Like in um The Matrix, for example, when he saw a black cat walk by and then he saw it walk by again and he said it out loud that he had deja vu. Well they were like deja vu is when they upload something new into the into the system. And then of course they checked and all the windows were bricked up and such. But um yeah, I like how they go hand in hand. Um, I like how they, for me, they both can help explain the Mandela effect. If it's a simulation, again, maybe it's just a bug or bad coding or a bad, uh, bad update, and it changed something slightly. And the multiverse as well. We're bouncing in and out of different multiverses um, and seeing these slight differences. We're not seeing huge ones because those universes are right there, right beside us, and just a tweak in difference.
1: And it's true. And when digital uh, became popular, we went from analog to digital. Um, the thing that they said was, "Well, you're going to be able to make an exact copy every time," but the truth is that you're not. You're right. You're uh, having these errors, the fragmented code, uh, parsing errors. There's things that are occurring that are just changing. The way that is that one thing is created a copy of another thing. So when you're copying something, you want an exact copy, but you're not getting an exact copy.
0: No, I mean, even Mother Nature here on Earth can't do that with snowflakes. Can't create the same thing.
1: So like if you're getting these copies that are very close to each other, but just a little bit different... That explains the Mandela effect. That explains so many things. It's a cheap recreation of what you originally had. Even if it's an update and there's some things that are better, there's also some things that are going to be inaccurate, incorrect, not as good, subpar.
0: You could see it as like a, an identical twin or even fraternal twins for that matter. I mean, we, we all know identical twins. I mean, I have identical twin cousins and I can tell them apart. But I also have friends that are fraternal twins. Um, Steve knows them. We went to high school with them. and But they look identical, but we can tell them apart. There's that slight difference that you can always tell. But, like, okay, that's – and that's the other one. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, even with the splitting of an egg, you don't get an exact rep- – now, you, the DNA will be the same, but there will be slight differences. Steady state
1: uh, universe – explanation theory was my least favorite so yeah
0: we, <laughs> we had our favorites
1: uh, uh and then we had our unfavorites so if you
0: if you're going to be going to any um uh universal protests make sure to bring your signs down with steady state universe no steady state universe but also bring your signs that say simulation
1: theory rules
0: yep and throw out a subtle beast uh shout out maybe but. <laughs> Well, Steve, I think we uh, took a trip through the universe that was uh, pretty successful, kind of mind-bending, and uh, well, hopefully we helped uh, explain most of these in, uh, in layman's terms or in subtle beast terms, if you will, to Seem- the best of our ability. Yeah,
1: it seemed like great detail. When you were talking about three parts per that hydrogen thing, I yeah. was like, man, that's pretty technical.
0: It, it is. I mean, in the, in the fabric and the makeup of the universe, which we don't even understand. When we look into the night sky and we see all those stars, we're seeing like the head of a pin compared to what's out there, what we understand. I mean, we don't even understand our own oceans or what's at the bottom of the deepest of our oceans. So the theories keep coming, and Subtle Beasts will keep reporting. You know it. So on that note, I had a great time, and take care of one another. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.